Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, this is Ibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. I'm also the host of Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, and I'm the editor of the anthology, which you should run out and buy, called Moms Don't Have Time to, a quarantine anthology. All proceeds of that book go to COVID-19 vaccine research. And I'm the editor-in-chief of Moms Don't Have Time to Write, a new publication on Medium, and we're accepting submissions, so please send your personal essays there. And if all that isn't enough, you can follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens, and my website is zibbyowens.com. Okay, now back to this amazing podcast. Another day of the June book blast. Today is family-related fiction, and I hope you enjoy these episodes. Lindsay Palmer is the author of Otherwise Engaged. She also wrote If We Lived Here and Pretty in Ink. She's the senior editor at Brain Pop, an animated educational site for kids, which, by the way, if you haven't checked out, my kids love, so you should, you should definitely check that out with your kids. Brain Pop. Anyway, previously, she was a high school English teacher and a magazine editor. Lindsay usually lives in Brooklyn, but has temporarily relocated to Cape Cod along with her husband and daughter. Welcome, Lindsay. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here, and I'm grateful for you and your role as an advocate for authors and books. It's it's so wonderful, everything Aww, you've done. Thank you. That's so nice. <laughs> P.S. I love that Otherwise Engaged cover now matches the wall behind you and even the matching <laughs> lampshade on that cool lamp. That's And it happens to be like my favorite color. So there you go. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about that, but that's right. I should just, you know, display it all around this turquoise Live room. Live <laughs> in your book cover. I mean, it's an immersive experience. You might as well. <laughs> so for people who are not familiar yet with what Otherwise Engaged is about, could you tell them a little bit more about the plot and then also what inspired you to write it? 
Sure. So the protagonist of Otherwise Engaged is Molly. And very early on in the book, she and her boyfriend, Gabe, get engaged. And then very quickly, she discovers that he has been writing this novel that happens to be a thinly veiled retelling of his relationship with his ex, whose name is Talia. And he barely even changes her name in his novel version. Her name is Dahlia. And this book becomes this big hit. And then his ex shows back up on the scene and it causes all kinds of distress and basically leads to a real unraveling for Molly as they are also planning this wedding that may or may not happen. So that's kind of the premise. And actually, interestingly, the title of the book came to me first. And actually, it was on the plane ride home from my own honeymoon. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I was someone who, like a lot of people, was excited to get married, but wasn't really into the wedding planning aspect of it. You know, it just was not my thing at all. And I found it stressful and overwhelming. And in addition to the wedding planning, I found that period of life to be kind of stressful and overwhelming. You know, all the kind of messaging that's coming at you from the world, from, you know, wedding venues, from friends and acquaintances is that this is the most exciting thing. It's the pinnacle. It's this, you know, moment of commitment to this relationship and this new chapter. And I think it leads to a lot of stress and questioning. And for me personally, there was a lot of, you know, intense stuff going on. I I taught for a few years. I was a high school teacher in a public school in Manhattan and I was new to teaching. So that was kind of intense. I was on very tight deadlines for my second novel at the time. My now husband was unemployed for a period of time. So there was a lot going on that added to all of this. And when I just started talking to other people, I realized that for a lot of people, they found this to be a kind of tumultuous, difficult time. So I wanted to explore that in fiction and I wanted to think about how I could really raise the stakes. And it felt like, you know, finding out that your new fiance has written this novel about their ex was a way to do that. And additionally, I'd written a couple of previous novels where a lot of the events in the novels were based on my own experiences. And I saw when the books came out, you know, when people who knew me or who were involved in these experiences that, you know, the novel's events were based on reacted to them or asked questions, you know, and wondered what was real, what was not, how things were reinterpreted in fiction. I was interested in that and felt, you know, sympathetic to that experience of what it might be like, you know, to have a writer in your life who's kind of picking, you know, from real life and putting it into their fiction. And so I wanted to explore that too. So that's a big piece of this where the protagonist is, you know, reading her fiance's book and saying, you know, how much of this is real and how much isn't? And how much does that matter? And that at first she wasn't even sure she even liked the way he wrote. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And that was actually a part. I mean, that was fun for me to do, to have this, you know, kind of fictional book within a book and thinking about how this character would portray things. I know. I was thinking as I was reading, it's similar. There was a similar, have you read The Plot by Jean Hand Corliot? I haven't, but it's on my list. Everyone keeps recommending it's good, it. but it also has literally like yours, books within books and like segments like yours at the beginning and with, you know, all this, all these passages <laughs> that you excerpt, but that you also write, which I think is such a, it's like you writing two different books. It's great because you get the reader. You know. Yeah. It, it was really fun. I mean, again, cause it's also, I mean, a piece of it is really kind of poking fun at a certain type of male writer who yes. portrays women in this way that doesn't necessarily ring true to, to women. So I had fun with playing. And yet when her, her ex sort of comes back on the scene and points that out, that he is that type of reader, she gets like so offended by it, even though deep down, that's probably what she's thinking herself. Right. It's like the whole, I can make fun of my mom, but nobody else can thing. Right. 
like the protective instinct yeah, you get yeah. when somebody comes after somebody in your orbit. And you you did such a nice job also of that feeling as a woman where you have to wait to be proposed to. And like you think that every moment could be the setup for this like huge event in your life and then you're disappointed. And I love how Molly kept regrouping like, okay, this is perfect. We're sitting here and like it couldn't be better. We have champagne and like weed and whatever else that he made for their own, you know, perfect moment. And no, not happening. Okay. Like moving right along. Yeah. (laughs) And I think, and she has enough self-awareness, at least in those moments, to know that she should feel sort of pathetic about that, that it's silly, that that's the way it is. But unless, you know, you want to be the type of woman to propose, and most people are not, you know, you you can be in that situation if you feel like you're ready for, and maybe you've talked about it, but when is it coming? And, And in the end, you know, it really disappoints her how it happens. Which you know things don't always go in that kind of picture book no. way. She's like, oh, really? This, <laughs> this is the thing. Yeah, on the subway. <laughs> but it is this sort of you know even in today's modern world of equality and blah 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 feminism, there are women just we just wait and you know wait to be sort of swept off our feet in the old fashioned way. Even with the awareness, it's still not a hundred percent okay to be like, oh yeah, I totally proposed to my husband. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say that that kind of experience is somewhat based on my personal proposal experience, which is that my now husband and I went on this beautiful trip to Greece. And, you know, we talked about that as most people do in this day and age, you know, that, that we were heading in that direction. And I really thought, you know, at every moment on this trip that we were going to get engaged and we didn't. And then the morning after we came home, when we were so jet lagged and we were up so early and we went up to the roof of our building to watch the sunrise. And that is when it happened. And then later my husband admitted that he'd actually carried the ring through this whole trip (laughs) waiting for the right moment that just kind of didn't come. And he, he decided, you know, it would be better to do it in our environment, which in the end was a really sweet story. But at the time, you know, I, I was like, wow, we're in these like gorgeous beaches, you know, here we are in this special place and it didn't come. And you know, it, that it didn't work out that way. <laughs> I know there's so much expectation. Even my babysitter recently, you know, she was going to Hawaii or something with her boyfriend. And we're all like, Ooh, trip to Hawaii. What do you think? You know, it's like so awkward that she comes home like, well, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I know. I remember when I was like, I got married pretty young, I guess, relative to other people the first time anyway. And we went to this like gorgeous, you know, Costa Rican thing after a wedding we had gone to. And I remember when we were checking in, I was like, okay, I have a total right to be annoyed if it doesn't happen while we're here. Like this would, like, I am justified in being disappointed because like, look at this. And you know, anyway, it it did end up happening. Yeah, it did. Okay. (laughs) But anyway, now I don't even basically remember my second but anyway, second marriage is not the same thing. Well, I have to say, like you write in a very beautiful literary way, one that I I wasn't necessarily in, expecting from like the cover. Do you know what I mean? Like this is not just like mm-hmm. this is not like a beachy read. This is not just a beach read of like a romance of people getting. You know, this is like you're a really good writer. I mean, like it's very literary. The the prose and the language and how you describe everything and the dialogue and all of it. It's it's very literary. So anyway, take that for whatever. 
Well, thank you. I will say, I mean, I, I've gotten reactions from people who did see the cover and I think we're expecting, you know, more of a beach read and it, you know, it is about relationships. And I mean, personally, that's what I like to read on the beach, but I understand it's not the kind of traditional, everything is tied up in a bow and happy ending. And so that's kind of interesting. And I've thought about like, I thought about that. I mean, of course there's the expression, don't judge a book by a cover, but we all do. And so, you know, how do, how do your expectations of what you're going to read shape the reading experience? You know, if you are expecting that and wanting that, you know, you might be disappointed. So I guess that's a warning to people who might think this. <laughs> no, <up. laughs> no. I mean, it's not, I don't mean it in any sort of judgment way. Just, I don't know. Anyway. And Skyhorse is your publisher too, because they publish my anthologies. Yes. We, we share an editor. Yes. Caroline, who's wonderful. Awesome. So did you actually, I'm just curious now that we're talking about the cover, did you pick the cover or how did that all happen? Like, I didn't pick the cover that I, they sent it to me and I, I loved it. I think it's kind of a fun, like retro. I love the cover too, by the way. I don't mean to be making. No, 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 that's okay. I I agree with you though. It's an, it's not necessarily a mismatch, but it, it does, I guess, highlight a certain aspect of the book and not kind of the whole thing. I love actually when it first came out, like I was seeing all these like selfies from librarians all over Instagram where they would oh, hold up, that's you know, the, the hand from the book and the rest of their arm, which I, I always love those. I think they're called shelfies. Yeah. But they sent me the the image and I just thought it was great. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a super like visual thinker, so I'm always happy to just kind of trust the artists. And yeah, I mean, the funny cover, my first novel, Pretty in Ink, when it came out, I remember, you know, it was, it's like a woman sitting at a desk and holding a magazine open. And when I went to the publisher's party, I happened to run into an acquaintance and she said, did you recognize my legs on the cover? And I said, what do you mean? And she had been the one posing for the cover. So that's my funny funny. cover story. (laughs) So I don't know whose hand this is on this cover. Maybe one day I will come across an acquaintance (laughs) who tells me, do you recognize my hand? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You mentioned that your other novels were based on your own life experiences. What experiences were those? So my first novel is called Pretty in Ink, and it's kind of 
I would say half satire, half love letter to the magazine industry. I worked for many years as an editor at women's magazines, and it sort of captures the moment of decline. I mean, every magazine that I worked at, Glamour, Redbook, and Self no longer exist, which is kind of shocking to me, but also, you know, not shocking to the world. So that novel takes place at a women's magazine that is frantically trying to stay relevant in, you know, a post 2008 world. And then my second novel is called If We Lived Here. And it's a couple moving in for the first time, having this like horrendous New York City apartment hunt, which I feel like everyone who's lived in New York City has those kinds of stories. And it's the couple is not my now husband and me, but it is based on a lot of, you know, apartment hunting experiences we had when we first moved in together. We ended up in housing court for a couple what? of years, like battling, <laughs> battling a landlord. We, we signed a lease and then quickly discovered there were bed bugs in this apartment and tried to get out of the lease. And, you know, he didn't give us our money back and we took him to court and we did eventually win, but it took about a year oh and a half. <laughs> well, good for you for yeah. going to court. And that's just like <laughs> Thanks. In the end, when I like actually calculated like how much time and effort I was putting into it, but it just, it felt like the principle of the matter. I was like, we will get our money good back. For you. That's amazing. <laughs> so what's your process like when you're working on a novel? What's your writing process like? I'm not a big planner. I feel like, you know, a kind of idea and the characters come to me and I have a vague idea of where I'm going. I, I often think that I wish I could outline. I think people who can outline maybe get from point A to point B a lot easier, whereas it takes me a while to like figure out what the story is. But I feel like as long as I'm interested in who the characters are and what the scenario is, that's enough to sort of carry me. And so I generally, I try to write for a couple of chunks on weekend mornings and one night a week. I don't always stick to that, but that's the time I'm able to carve out. And yeah. And, and I, I'm definitely a believer in multiple drafts. Like (laughs) I, I, you know, I feel like I get closer and closer to the story and often I'm even changing kind of big chunks in later stages, but that goes back to, I think, not outlining, like, like sort of figuring out the story as I go along. Do you have a day job? Is that why these are? Yeah. I work at this company called Brain Pop. Oh, that's right. I read that. I read that. My kids love that, by the way. I was going to say, you have kids of the age. It's kind of like upper elementary, middle school. Yeah. No. Yes. In fact, I'm so glad I asked, even though I knew I knew that and I meant to ask you about it because I was like, that's so cool. They're going to think this is the greatest. <laughs> yeah. They come home from school. They watch it at school. Like they'll watch one in science and then they'll come home and then they'll show me like what they watched and then we watch another. And, and anyway... Yeah, they're really fun. It's a fun job. So I I write those scripts or I edit the scripts. And it means that, you know, I'm always working on different topics. So I'm always learning new things, which is also serves me in fiction because I know like a little bit about a lot of things. And so I can kind of pull pull facts out, which is nice. But yeah, it's a fun job. It's a, after I taught, it was a nice way to stay in education, but not come home with like stacks of papers to grade at the end of the day. What's one that you've written recently that I can go that I can show them? Let's see. Figurative language recently came out where Tim is like an advertising executive trying to come up with campaign slogans for one of the other characters, Cassie, who's running for class president. Love it. Tulsa Race Massacre is coming out next week because it's the 100th anniversary. That's a much heavier topic. <laughs> but, okay. Um, Figurative language yeah. with Cassie and Tim. Oh, yeah. great. Awesome. So neat. Love it. So are you working on a new novel now? So I just finished a novel that is now out to potential editors. So fingers crossed. That's tentatively called Reservations for Six. And it's about like six best friends, three married couples who for the past decade have gotten together for every one of their birthdays at the same restaurant. They have this tradition. And the first of their group is turning 40 
And it opens at his 40th birthday at this restaurant. And he announces that he wants to get a divorce. And so the rest of the novel follows the following year and sort of how this announcement ripples through their group of friends. I really was interested in thinking, you know, as as <laughs> after otherwise engaged, after the stage of like everyone I know getting married happened, you know, slowly people start getting divorced and, and thinking about how, of course, that affects the, the couple, but also that couple's orbit and their group of friends. So that's what this novel is about. Well, if you need any more research. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. You know. Thank you. <laughs> I have to say, even though stereotyp, not stereotypically, but like the common, even though you think that you hear that when you get a divorce, your friends will, you know, choose sides, leave you and whatever. It's, it was such a surprise, at least to me, what exactly ended up happening in people's responses and who ended up being loyal and who like didn't. And that was actually one of the harder parts of the whole thing was not knowing who you could really trust and rethinking all sorts of relationships in the wake of another one being completely sort of decimated. So it's yeah. sort of a, uh, you know, rubble falling on top of somebody who's already like been downed by an earthquake or something. It's just more to get out from under. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. And I mean, I, I don't have that experience personally, but from the other side of, you know, if you're friends with both people trying to navigate that and wanting to be supportive and there for people and, you know, thinking through like, who's your closer friend? Like, who are you going to, and it's, and it's sometimes surprising mm-hmm. like how it ends up. It's true. Wow. By the way, I loved the agent character in this book and how he didn't even punctuate his words. Like, <laughs> Love Dahlia, let's talk or whatever. Like, I just thought that was so great. And you're like, and she's like, doesn't she, don't you want an editor who like has punctuation? <laughs> like it can like stop to write an email, uh, an agent rather, sorry. Anyway, that was very clever. Thank you. I feel like people are very stylized. Like even they're like, I know the rules of grammar, but you know, this is how I do it on email or this is how I do it on IM. Or That's true. No, you have like a very clever sort of way of observing the world, which you put in lots of places. Although I feel like if I were Molly, I would not want to be called Molly Moo, I have to say. I feel like that's like <laughs> a bit pejorative or something. But anyway, do you have advice for aspiring authors? I, I knew you were going to ask this because I'm I love sorry. listening to your podcast. <laughs> no, it's great. I love hearing everybody else's advice. And I guess what I would say is to really be kind to yourself, which I know is like much easier said than done. I would give this advice to aspiring writers and myself too. I think it's very easy, especially when you're first drafting something page to page, even like sentence to sentence to just be disappointed in what you're coming up with and and feel really down on yourself, especially if you're a big reader, which most writers are, and you're reading really wonderful prose in the pages of your favorite writer's books. And I think that really can get away, sorry, get in the way of your process. Like it gets in the way of being creative and playing on the page. And so if you can, you know, just kind of practice self-compassion and trust the process and know that you're going to keep working on this and it is going to get better, then I think that frees you up to, to be able to work and not just kind of feel down on yourself. So I don't think writing gets easier over time, but I do feel like the more experienced you are, the more you can trust that and know like your clunky, terrible first draft is going to get better. And so I think that is helpful and it's useful to know early on that, you know, being nice to yourself is, is helpful and will make the process, you know, more satisfying and, and go more smoothly. So that's what I'd say. Excellent. I love that. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thank you for being a listener too. That's awesome. I love when I hear that authors are listeners because I don't know, 
I just do. It makes me really happy. <laughs> Thanks for well, having me. By the way, you have like the best titles. So Reservations for Six oh. is perfect. I just love it. Like all of your titles are so clever. It's great. So can't wait. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> all right. Take care. Take care. You okay, too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to part of my June book blast. I hope you enjoy it. Come back tomorrow for more. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 